There might be some folks here today that are wondering what in the world uh, is so important about a church celebrating its its anniversary. In First Timothy chapter number three and verse number fifteen, it speaks about the Lord's church and describes it as being the pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground of the truth. Now this was written to Timothy, who was the pastor at Ephesus, and believe me, everybody in that area, their eyes opened wide when they heard that statement because this happened to be the, the home of the great, uh, great uh, temple of Diana, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. 127 pillars that stood 60 foot high each donated by a king. And, and, and this is what was on the mind of anyone from Ephesus. And along comes Paul. He says, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And a lot of folks wonder what is so important about, about the Lord's church. And naturally, there are those who don't care anything about the church whatsoever. They'd like to see, you know, somebody get rid of it. In fact, our enemies have tried to get rid of the church down through the ages. They persecuted God's people and tried to destroy the church, and they failed. And they always will. Whenever we think about the importance of the church, there are some, no doubt, that think about it as a place for welfare, a place to help the poor, and, you know, that's well and good, but it's more important than that. Somebody else looks at the church and they think about it only as from the social aspect. It's a place that you meet and uh, and greet new, you know, friends and be with one another, and, and somebody else thinks about the church maybe as a therapy session. They need something to calm their nerves down, and so it's off to church they go, and someone else thinks of the church, and it's all about entertainment for them, and so, you know, it's go, it's go to church, kind of like, you know, going to a ball game or something, and uh, it's just pure entertainment. Others out of tradition, but notice he said, it is the pillar and ground of the truth. It, it is the very thing that holds up and upholds the truth. And let me tell you, nothing in all of the world is more important than the truth. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's our mission here as a church. Notice he says that is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. That is our mission that we that we support and that we proclaim the church, that we defend it and that we declare the truth. That is our mission. But notice our message in verse number 16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit and seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up, into glory. That's commonly known as the common confession. In reality, I rather think of it as the crucial confession because that is a summary of the person and work of Jesus Christ, what He did for us. That is our message. When I think about the church 
celebrating 47 years. Uh, and, and by the way, the credit doesn't go to the pastor or the pastors or anyone else. It's been a cooperative effort. There have been those men and women that have stayed by the stuff, that have made sacrifices, that have been faithful, that have supported this church, that has made things go. They've endured hardships. They've loved one another in spite of their faults and so on and so forth. And, and that is the reason this church continues to exist today. And we ought to thank God for each and every faithful member of this church. But let us never forget that it is our mission not to boast in the church, but it is our message and our mission that we, number one, glorify God by exalting the Lord Jesus Christ that others might come to know Him as their Lord and their Savior. You see, the church isn't the source of truth. We preach the truth, but it's not the source of truth. Right here is the source of truth. It's the Word of God. You see, it's not for us as a church to decide what is true and what's not. That's already been decided. It's our job to simply declare it. And for 47 years, this church has been declaring the truth of God's Word. And as I said, it's been a cooperative effort. And the thing that makes this church and every other church so important is that it has the one message that the world desperately needs more than anything else, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not, not our job, not, not our desire to try to change the world or even, even save our nation as desperately as it needs being saved. That's not our mission Our mission is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that others might be saved. As I said at the beginning, this this is all of this that you've witnessed this morning isn't a story about uh, about me. It's not really a story about the church. It's a story about what God has done when He took that handful of thirty six members and formed a church that has, down through the years, been preaching the gospel of Christ. It's never been about what what I've done or what we've done as a team, Bev and I. It's never been about us. It's about what God has done. And if you only knew the, the whole story, uh, and you never will, by the way, you know, there's certain things that I'll talk about in life and there's certain things that I'll never talk about till the day that I die. There's things that you don't need to know, but believe me, whenever, you know, we, we talk about Paul talking about being the chiefest of sinners, that is exactly the way that I felt since the day that I was saved, that there's never been anybody worse than me. And I believe that with all of my heart. And I say that because I knew my heart. I knew what I was. And that's why I was so amazed about Romans 5 and verse 8. How, 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 how could God love us in that while we were yet sinners that Christ would die for us? How is that possible? So my purpose is not to brag about anything that I've ever done. My purpose is not even to glory in this church because we're just a bunch of sinners saved by grace. 
And, and believe me, I'd, I'd a lot rather hear Brother Darrell or Brother Larry or, or Brother Kenneth preach this morning. And uh, I'd a whole lot rather do that. And I'm not going to keep you long. I just want to just make the point here that the church is important, the most important institution on the face of the earth because it is the pillar and ground of the truth. And it deserves to be supported by every single Christian. Every Christian ought to be involved in the Lord's church contributing to its ministry. And the reason is because the message that we are sent to deliver is the most important message in all of the world. He gives a list of six things about Christ, and it started there with God being manifest in the flesh. Think about that for a little while, that he is manifest in the flesh. That has to do with the preexistence of Christ, right? God manifest in the flesh. Listen, Mary gave birth to a body, but the person existed throughout eternity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's the preexistence of Christ, and then the proof of it is that He was justified in the Spirit. And you, know, you go, go through the go through the Gospels, and you see, you know, everything from the announcement that Mary was going to give birth to the baby to the dove and all through the ministry and the fact that the Spirit of God raised him up from the dead and all of this here, we see proof of Christ in that he was justified in the Spirit. Scene of angels, there's the popularity of Christ. The angels have a special interest in who he is. Preached unto the Gentiles. Notice, believed on in the world and then received up into glory. That was his presentation. And he's there now at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us. My whole point is that Christ has done absolutely everything that is necessary for you to experience what I discovered 50 years, over 50 years ago. And what I discovered is the most wonderful thing in all of the world, that it's possible for my sins to be forgiven, possible for me to have the assurance of heaven, possible for me to be changed from the creature that I was and created in the likeness and the image of Christ. It's all possible, and possible not only for me, but possible for you and each and every one here today, regardless of who you are or what you've done. Why Why would you go on another minute? Why would you risk going on another day without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know Christ as your Savior this morning? I mean, that's no, listen, that's all I've got to say this morning. Uh, we could just elaborate on all of these different things that I've just mentioned here, but whenever it's all said and done, it would all amount to the same thing. Amen. That our mission as a church is to make known the message 
the message of the Lord Jesus Christ that's described in that confession in verse number 16. That God was manifest in the flesh. He came into the world and took our place, suffered in our stead, and suffered and bled and died that we might have life and have it more abundant. I'm so glad somebody told me about Jesus. What an awful thing it would be to think about existing one day on this sin-cursed earth, not knowing that your sins had been forgiven and that you had a home in heaven. doesn't have to be that way. I've discovered over the years that the most difficult time to see results from a sermon is during a special occasion, whether it's an anniversary service, Christmas service, whatever it is, because, you know, people got their mind on, on so many other things. And that's why I just want to make this as short and as brief as I possibly can. It's Believe me, I'm not responding to any threats that have been made about the length of the sermon. <laughs> I just don't want you to leave here without understanding why this church is so very important, what our mission is, and, and what our message is. And, and if we're not going to get that message out to a lost and dying world, listen, we, we might as well lock the doors and, and leave the premises. There's no reason for us to exist other than the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that if you died today, that you'd go to be with the Lord. If you don't, you need to settle that right here this morning. And you can do that because, listen, God's not asking you to climb the highest mountain, swim the widest ocean. He's not asking you to give every penny that you've got or work your fingers to the bone. All He's asking, in fact, it's more than asking, He is demanding this morning that you trust Him, that you trust Him. Why, why would you not trust him? He's never failed to keep any promise. Will you trust him here this morning as your Lord and Savior? I, I just got a, got a report this last week of someone that received Christ as their Savior. And you'll find out about it in just a little bit. But there might be others here this morning. And it might be that you were raised in church You've listened to hundreds, maybe thousands of sermons, but you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. I hope and pray that you'll do that here this morning. Let's all stand together with our heads bowed. Father, we thank you so much for your loving kindness. We thank you, Lord, for all of these friends, for family, for all of the kind things that have been said. But, Lord, we thank you most of all for the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the blood that was shed on the cross. We thank you so much for making salvation available to each and every one. And I pray today that your Holy Spirit will work in hearts. And Lord, that you'll save souls and change lives. And that you might be glorified in everything that's said and done. For we beg it in Jesus' dear name. Now while we stand and as we sing, if God's speaking to your heart, would you come? It might be that you're thinking, I've been looking for a church like this. 
I need a church home and it just might be that God's leading you here. Would you come? And especially if you're not saved, would you trust the Lord right here, right now, this morning while we sing together?